and welcome into another post-game edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad at Paycor Stadium. Back at it with Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. The Bengals pounce, dominate, run all over the Panthers in a much-needed win ahead of a much-needed bye week, 42-21. And before we get into it, gentlemen, I just want to say shame on both of you. Both of your game predictions had this within a score. The Bengals winning, but within a score. And you guys thought I was crazy for saying they win by at least 17. So shame on both of you. But you know you know, I still love both of you. I think you didn't. You definitely did not say at least 17. Because 27 to 10. 27 to 10. Yeah, that they win by 17. Okay, but you didn't say at least 17. The point is I said they'd win by 17. So, okay, you could be specific, but... I mean, was it that you guys just thought the Bengals wouldn't play? But you also, to be fair, you also said, see, you tried me on this before with the New Orleans (laughs) and the alcohol thing. And you also said that there's going to be a lot of issues to clean up. Sure. Where are there a lot of issues to clean up, Muhammad? Let's hear them. I said even if they were to win by that score, they could still clean up issues in-game. Like, Lou Anaruma will get on someone's chops because he's Lou Anaruma. We got to hit the film for this one. We we got to throw the challenge flag. All right, Zach Taylor. But no, no, in all seriousness, you know, did you guys think, and I'm just curious, like with your predictions, I need to talk about it, but you think that the Bengals just wouldn't be as good as they ended up looking or is it th- that the Panthers might actually be more of a challenge than no, you thought? No, it was, it was neither. Um, you know, I thought you, you have a team that's, that's injured. I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of remember at this point because they were missing their top corner. Um, in uh, Chidobi Awuzie, he was out. He's obviously out for the year. You're missing your best offensive player in Jamar Chase. You're missing DJ Reader, your best run stopper. You're missing Trey Flowers and Mike Hilton, two corners. Like it, it just kind of felt to me like a game that you can sleepwalk through, and um, you know, really not, you know, really, really just not have to, um, you know, play your best game to win. Um, the Bengals did play their best game. They played better than I thought. Also, the Panthers are way, way worse than I thought. Um, that was – what did they have, four offsides penalties? Five? It was – like, I can't take credit for this. Mike tweeted this. This – and he's absolutely right. This was very much had the feeling of Alabama kicks the ever-living you-know-what out of Furman. And, oh, yeah, you and did then it, that. And then it just – like, it felt like an FCS matchup, like – there were just mental mistakes everywhere from the Panthers. They got obliterated on offense. They got obliterated on defense. Like, it was 35 nothing. Like, in the NFL, you can – if you are competent, the game doesn't get to 35 nothing. I don't care how bad you are. Like, if you just don't beat yourself, the game is not 35 nothing. And it was 35 nothing at 42-7. It was embarrassing for the Panthers. It was 42 nothing. I think, It was 42 – 35 nothing and 42-7. Yeah. Man, yeah, I rough. mean, in terms of the prediction, you just thought the you know the Bengals haven't shown a commitment to running the ball, and I think Joe Mixon mentioned this in his post game press conference that they finally committed to it, and it was kind of the first time they did it. He'd hoped he said he doesn't you know talk to the coaches about it, but he, you know they this was the first time they committed to it, and so you never thought uh, you know uh, they haven't been able to kind of dictate a game like that with with running the ball. I mean, two hundred forty one yards on the ground, six six point two yards per carry. Uh, you know, you, I don't think it was easy to predict that because that's something that hasn't happened all season long. Um, and then I think, you know, the Panthers, I did mention on the podcast that I thought, you know, you get a boost from when there's a coaching change. 
But that runs out fairly quickly, like in a couple of weeks. I think you saw that in college too. Uh, these last couple of weeks where you know teams can play better, but there's only so uh, long that that can carry you. Your talent catches up to you, and certainly that happened today. You know, PJ Walker was is, uh, was abysmal. I mean, that was not a NFL quarterback we saw out that there. Uh, they couldn't run. Then you know the defense, obviously the Bengals defense, made it one dimensional because they couldn't run the ball. So um, and then once they got down, you know, by three touchdowns, it was it was over. Um, you know, one thing we could talk about, uh, this maybe could have been a game at the half if they take Walker out, Mayfield comes in and leads the scoring drive, and then they get the ball back to start the second half. That was sort of the only way this would become a game because they kept him in down 28 nothing. then he throws that interception when it looked like they could have just run the clock out or, or you know, the Bengals were content with the four-touchdown lead. Um, and then he gets another – then they get another score, and it's basically – then they make the quarterback change, but that time there's no way you can lose 35 nothing uh, at that point, even you know with the quarterback change. So I thought that was sort of a strange uh, coaching decision by the Panthers with the way the game was going. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least get out 28 to nothing. Yeah, I, mean, that, I don't know the P, the PJ Walker. Not that there was much of a chance. I'm saying their only chance was to score at the end of the half, right. come back with a touchdown, yeah, because you could have a 14 point swing and then maybe make it a game. Yeah, but even at that point, you're still on 21. Like PJ Walker, he was three of ten for nine yards with two interceptions, and I didn't think he was necessarily like under duress. Like I didn't think that like every time he took the ball, like there was a you know Trey Hendrickson or Sam Hubbard in his face. Like didn't take a sack. Like. He just – he didn't – he wasn't running for his life back there. He was just actually that bad. Uh, his passer rating was uh, 0.0. Um, shout out Blutarski from Animal House. Like that – it was just a – like it, it really is kind of hard to put into words how bad they were. Yeah, I, don't, I wonder how often that happens. I've never seen it. But it's like it's like the ERA when your ERA is infinite when you don't report yeah. it down. Like, that's probably more common, obviously, because pitchers, you know, get used for like. I bet you this is like the, when you see passer ratings that are zero point zero. I bet you it's like a punter that like tries a fake punt. Like and when they Patrick, throw like how many quarterbacks have had a passer rating with zero with te- at least ten attempts? That's a good question. I wonder if that's looking. That's a that's a look up. That is a very look upable question. I mean, that sh- I mean that shows you though, and and we can get into this as well. But like in terms of like what this win means, you know, it's like hard to get sort of. Uh, Overly, uh, you know, optimistic about the Bengals' chances going forward, just because this seems like uh, an anomaly in terms of their competition. That you're not you're not going to play a team this bad the rest of the season. So it has happened in the NFL. Uh, PJ Walker would be the 137th quarterback. Uh, this looks this date, courtesy of Wikipedia, dates back to Otto Graham, Ooh. December twenty seventh, nineteen fifty three. The Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions. He went two of fifteen that day for twenty yards and two touchdowns in the NFL Championship game. Otto Graham, Otto Graham, the Hall of Fame legend. So that's crazy. That, uh, that did not go uh, very well. Um, Are you just going to spend the rest of the time reading off the hundred? Yeah, well, I was going to read 135 more names and just see when, like, <laughs> see what at what point Mike just throws his hands up and leaves. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a miserable game for PJ Walker. Um, I so I got somebody tweeted me during the game who doesn't even like follow the Bengals, and he said, you know, what do you think of? The Panthers, and I know this isn't a Panthers podcast. He's like, "What do you think of them not tur- not or turning down the trade offers for Brian Burns and DJ Moore, like the reported offers?" 
And I went in and I was like, oh, they're young pieces, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't see a team that was close. So, I mean, props to the Bengals because against a team like this, you need to bury them. They did that. I mean, first play, first drive of the game, they went nine, 90 yards in nine plays. Like, they made it look ridiculously easy. Um, they obviously had the two interceptions of Walker in the first half. Like, I looked at Mike, I think it was when it was 14 nothing, and I went, oh, so, all right, well, we know how this game ends. You said that to me, too. Like, I remember yeah, that. like, you, you just kind of knew that this was going to be a whipping of epic proportions at a certain point. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Bengals did what they had to do. Um, we can get into the what this kind of means moving forward here, talk later. But, yeah, I mean, like, like Mike brought up the number 6.2 rushing yards per carry. It's actually probably better than that because Joe Burrow had 2.3 yards per carry on four attempts and Brandon Allen had negative one yards on three attempts. So like take that, I don't know, I can't do the math in my head, but like Joe Mixon ran for seven yards of carry. Samaje P. Ryan ran for eight and a half yards of carry. Like they got whatever they wanted to today. And I don't really think they had to strain very hard to get it. No, they didn't. And I mean, the holes just kept opening. Joe Mixon just kept pushing. The snow angels just kept plowing through as they were celebrating. I mean, just everything that could have gone right. Absolutely. Most certainly went right on both sides of the ball. But when, you know, with Mixon sticking with that, I think once he had that first big run, that first first down, I just had a feeling of, okay, the Bengals are cooking. The Bengals are working. And I think even in Mixon's own words, he said, like, after that second or third carry, he felt like this is when things were going to get started. And he wasn't wrong. I think a lot of people felt the same way Joe Mixon did. And I'm going to say it in his own words. At the end of the day, you don't get too high. You don't get too low. And to your point, Mike, you know, obviously you can't get too excited about a big win like this entering the bye. It's needed. It's important, especially when, you you know, like you mentioned, Andrew, you don't have Chadobia Wouzier, Trey Flowers didn't play, Mike Hilton didn't play. You still don't have Jamar Chase and DJ Reader. You know, having that week to rest, hopefully Flowers, uh, depending on how severe his injury is, he could be good after the bye. Same with Hilton. Possibly the same with Reader because it's been almost six weeks now since he got hurt against the Jets. So a lot of good things are coming for the Bengals. But, of course, Still got really tough opponents. Uh, Pittsburgh, I don't want to include them. I put a, put an asterisk with Pittsburgh because I think that game could get flexed. The Sunday night game could get flexed, which is another story. But still got Tennessee, Kansas City, and a Cleveland team that's going to have Deshaun Watson that actually beat them last week. And I think the most demoralizing loss last week. But, you know, you could really tell they just put this game behind them. It was a short week. You didn't have time to mope. And even Joe Burrow said there wasn't really a lot of smiling faces in the locker room like there just wasn't a lot of joy because like that's a demoralizing loss like you get beat that badly in prime time to your divisional arch rival you go on three division you have to put it behind you at that point and boy did they put it behind them today i mean that like i said there was really not much more you could ask for although trent and Irwin did tell me he really thought that was a touchdown that he had it was in the back of the end zone burrow threw a pass to him even boyd said he thought he had a touchdown because that was the one that Zach Taylor challenged. He's like, oh, you know, I got robbed, but it's all good. But besides those two touchdowns, I, I don't think there's much the Bengals can take back from this one. What a game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of doing the math here in my head. They scored six touchdowns today on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten drives. Well, the offense was the first team offense was only in for eight of them. So. The first team offense was only in for eight, so you, you got six touchdowns there. And then at the end of the game, I mean, it went punt, missed field goal, end of game. 
Um, and I didn't include the end of game in that, but so of the drives that had, you know, not consequence, but of the drives that didn't end the game, um, you got 42 points out of it. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, the Evan McPherson thing, I think, is something. I mean, not that it's long-term something, but I think it is something to monitor here over the next week or two. I mean, obviously, game or two, I mean. Um, but he missed a field goal today, uh, missed a field goal last week. Um, the Steelers game. The PAT. Um, so the Steelers game. This Pittsburgh, like, what do they call that place? The, not Heinz Field. What's the new name? Oh, the new name of the stadium. Whatever Heinz Field, we're just going to call it Heinz Field. Whatever Heinz Field. Acrisure. Acrisure. Yeah, whatever that thing is. Acrisure is a very, very tough place to kick. So, um, like, if you if you were nitpicking, like, if you were walking into this situation looking for something to be upset about, it's probably Evan McPherson. But, like, outside of that, like, I, I, you just run through the stats here. There's absolutely nothing that you like. The Panthers had 228 total yards. Bengals had 464. Uh, Panthers went two of eight on third down. Bengals went six of ten. No, I think there's a, the it's crazy. thing to be upset about is that Cam Taylor Britt had that penalty in the first half that prevented the defense from not having a clean shutout. Wow! Wow! wow. You 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 talk about nitpicking. That's nitpicking. No, that's a that's a rare yeah, occurrence. So, but that's you're right, though. I agree. Panthers, I agree. Yeah, the Panthers didn't get. They would have pitched a first, the shutout in more ways than one. Yeah, they, they didn't get a first down on their own, except the for that penalty. Except for that penalty. Had an illegal contact penalty. Yeah, and they had they had 32 yards at halftime, and the Bengals had 35 points. Yeah, I think actually ugly. The way I think actually, Mike, when you mentioned that, well, I think the, other, I, the other concern is Dax Hill. We, right, we didn't mention that. With the and injury. Chris Evans, let's not. Well, Dax Hill. Uh, <laughs> God, they made it Andrew. Clear play Chris Evans this year. No, but Dax Hill. I mean, look, the secondary we've talked about. You know, you're probably going to get uh, Mike Hilton back for the Pittsburgh game. Trey Fowler's in, in the short term, at least. You know, Shelby's not coming back this season. But if Dax Hill has a long term injury. Um, at some point, you're probably going to have to sign another person yeah. um, to, to sort of bolster their numbers and just feel confident that you can get – I mean, they couldn't take guys out at the end because they just didn't have them available, you know, yeah. with that secondary. And that's uh, bad news. And, you know, Zach didn't, you said, you know, they're going to be going for further testing. And I, and I think it's something to watch here, uh, and especially for a rookie that's trying to uh, get in rhythm and, 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 and get a feel for the game, uh, that would be a tough blow for their first-round pick to be out any sort of extended period of time. Yeah, and, and obviously, I mean, look, uh, this team still wants to win this season, but it's a he's a pretty clear replacement for, for Jesse Bates. Um, right. Jesse Bates is in a contract here, obviously. So, it, I mean, well, this was a moment where they needed him. Yeah, you say, don't want you need him. this guy now, but yeah. you also got to have him ready for next year. You don't want him going into next year with like no game experience. Um, so yeah, they they need him healthy, and and you know they would obviously like to get him as many game reps as possible. Yeah, and the good thing is, you know, with the bye week coming up, uh, if it's not as serious as we think it is, which we'll know about later, the bye week is perfect for that, along with the other injuries. But you know, with the secondary, since you guys mentioned that, obviously there wasn't much to defend. I mean, there wasn't much that you know Jesse Bates and Von Bell and those guys had to do. But I mean, with the plays they did make, you know, I mean that was a great pick. That was Bates's. First interception this year. I mean, the few times that Walker threw it. I mean, if you look, he threw it 10 total times. He completed it three times. The other two completions were to him and Jermaine Pratt. And those two picks were both in double coverage. So, I mean, anytime a ball came out of his hand, which was 
shocker, a rarity, they were there. They were on it. And I mean, even Bates told me, you know, like Chidobi getting hurt made him sick. Like in his own words, it made him sick. And he was just playing with a bunch of heart for him today. And I, I think Eli Apple said the same thing. Like those guys are playing for Cheeto. There's obviously that added motivation of playing for your fallen leader. Cause I mean, he's still leading them off the field in film study and stuff, but that's, that's an emotional game for them. They really wanted to step up for him. And again, I know we have to monitor Dax's situation and hopefully Hilton and Flowers come back, but will the secondary be as good as it was Without Cheeto, of course not. But do I think they can do enough to maybe not put a performance like this today? Because you're going to face Patrick Mahomes. You're going to face Josh Allen in the future. And that's a different animal. But I don't think the concern or the fear is as horrible as it could be. Pending, of course. Pending what happens with Dax Hill. But yeah, that no, was... I, I don't know about that. Because like Dax Hill wasn't going to play... Like If Dax Hill is playing a significant role at cornerback, you're toast anyways. Right. So like I, I don't know... like The Dax Hill injury, like if it is serious, that to me is a... We lose a significant depth piece. You know, a guy that we, we were relying on in certain packages and a guy that we wanted to get game reps. Um, be, like I said, because like... With, with the guys coming back, you got Cam Taylor-Britt, you got Eli Apple, um, you got Trey Flowers, you got Mike Hilton. Like, if you're relying on Dax Hill to be, a, you know, one of your top corners, like, where is the season going anyway? So I, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know if it – it'll have an impact for sure. That's what I'm saying. I just that, don't, I just I don't think well, – I, I just still, don't but think I, I think in general be. you're still flashing red – and concerned with, with when you lose two guys for the year and your secondary is not great, well, right? but just in general, just in terms of what this team is going to look like, you know, they didn't have to do really anything fancy, um, they didn't have to blitz much just because they were getting pressure with four, um, and, and sometimes when they, they had the, the five off uh, defensive lineman package. But in terms of like when you're facing a team like the Chiefs or the Bills, um, you're whole defensive philosophy shifts and it's going to be a lot different there's going to be more communication needed uh in the back end and when you have those different pieces and you have those sort of um untested guys like cam taylor Britt's going to be tested more against a quarterback that yeah. can throw uh, of course you know, this game did not did, you know and that's, <laughs> i'm sorry against a quarterback that can throw is an objective but no but then mayfield gets in the but game you're they right. move the yeah. ball you know it's yeah. like I, I think that this game did nothing to sort of say like this team's good uh, you know for, for in the secondary from now on. Like, I still think that right. the, the tests are to come. And I don't think they'll be against yeah, Pittsburgh I mean, either. Yeah. Mahomes you know, and Allen are still Or, or Tennessee even would be a better test, I think. Tannehill, Malik, yeah, sure. Well, well, I think Malik well depending on. Yeah. Malik Willis has a, has a really big yeah. arm and live arm and can do things with his feet. So you're going to have to have a much, like, like the game plan here. I mean, they just, you know, ran, rushed for and right. were able to kind of support the back end. The linebackers helping in coverage. Right. So you don't have to worry. So... I said, I think you throw this game out and it doesn't sort of speak to what's, yeah, what's going to happen the I rest agree. of the season. I think it's a good win, uh, you know, to kind of hold things together. Um, but, you know, as far as, like, what's next, uh, you know, it's hard to say with this team because, you know, Joe Burrow said during the week that quarter to quarter and game to game, offensively, they've not been consistent enough. Defensively, I think right. with the Browns is the exception. Everything else they've done well. Um, but that you just haven't been able to – you know, they say they'd like to be multiple, but I said that, you know, it's, it, the, the flip side is is they really haven't been able to lean on anything consistently on a game-to-game game basis. Yeah, the, the, the once you get Jamar Chase back, the aerial attack is what needs to needs to carry this team. And, and basically what, what I would take from today is 
you need this type of running performance. If Joe Mixon's not going to run it 22 times, he's not going to rush for seven yards, seven yards a carry every week. But if you can get him 10 to 12 carries where he's averaging five yards a carry, you know, because you're running out of the gun a lot, that's something you can rely on when you need to run the ball. Um, because, you know, like I said, this offense should, like, you don't have the weapons that you do to run the ball 40 times a game. Like, Joe Burrow threw it 28 times today, and they ran it 39 times. Like, I don't know the exact number of this, but, like, how many times has that happened since Joe Burrow's arrived in Cincinnati that they've had more runs than passes? And I bet you the ones that do kind of have game scripts like this, kind of like where they just absolutely maul the other team. So, like, again, like it, like, like Mike said, it's a good win because you needed it in the worst way possible. Um you needed to be above 500 going into the bye week, but it's kind of over now. I think you just look at it and say, well, the Panthers suck. We're going to move past it, and we're going to go into the bye week. We're going to feel better than we would if we're four and five, but this is not something that you can kind of hang your hat on and say, well, we can play with anybody. I mean, that's No, I that's agree with true. that. I agree. And I know, like, look, with the secondary, that's still a red flag. It's still a red concern. There's a lot of things – to worry about moving forward like especially with Jamar not being back until at least the Tennessee game if not Kansas City but the best way to put a bow on we're in week nine now to put a bow on week nine is it was a much needed win you go into the bye week you relax you do whatever of course I know like for Joe Burrow he said his training actually gets more intense but you're away from everything you know you get to put that behind you but I think the the one last good thing uh, to take away from this and I know you touched on this Andrew you know that rhythm wasn't there against the Browns, and it really was not there every time they lost this season, but especially against the Browns, and they just completely flipped that, and they, you know, they did the same thing against Atlanta, who I know is not that much better than the Panthers being in the division they are, but like that rhythm really showed, and you know, when Jamar comes back, if they have that same rhythm they had today, plus Jamar Chase, that, that will help them a lot. I mean, they're going to need that throughout the rest of the year. The margin for error, especially with how tight the standings are, uh, gets way more narrow. But I think if you keep that rhythm, you appreciate that, and you keep that moving forward. And, you know, Joe Mixon's not going to have a game like this every day. But, you know, you know he can break those holes. You know he can catch the ball. You know he can do a lot with his hands and feet. So you appreciate that. You appreciate that rhythm. You keep that, and you add on to it when Jamar comes. And this offense will be, I think, in pretty decent shape come a couple weeks from now when they, they enter the end of the month. But to wrap up, I want to have a little fun with this. We haven't done this yet. I want to do some game balls. So, you know, the game balls that were actually given out today, in reality, went to Jesse Bates, uh, Jermaine Pratt, because they had the interceptions, and of course, Joe Mixon. I think unanimously, Joe Mixon, you have to give him a game ball. But if there are game balls you have to give to anyone else, who would it be and why? Andrew, do you want to go first? Are we picking one game ball and then going around, or are we picking multiple, or how do we want to do this? I'd say one game ball. If you had to pick one game ball that wasn't given out, just pick that one. Um, I'm going to give one to Zach Taylor. Um, I lame. really – what's up? I said lame. Lame, I know. Uh, hey, let I, him finish. I really, I really like their offensive game plan today. Um, I mean, obviously, it's, it's pretty easy if you're running the ball for, you know, Whatever they're, whatever P Ryan and Mixon averaged together, I don't know. It was just over seven yards of carry. It's pretty easy to call a game like that. Uh, but I, I did like, I, you know, they've they've adapted. Um, they went under center more. 
um, than they did uh, last week. And obviously, I think that that was an adjustment absent Jamar Chase. Um, I thought that they they kind of mixed up their run games. Um, you know, you saw different things into, just in terms of the type of runs that they had. Uh, I thought some of their pass plays were creative. Uh, they got the ball to Trent Taylor a few times, uh, kind of moving in space from, from east to west. So yeah, I thought he called a really, really smart game offensively in terms of his play calling. So, I mean, I'm not going to do the philosophical angle of he rebounded his team after a tough loss. I'm not, I don't want to play that card. But I, in, strictly in terms of play calling, I think Zach Taylor, uh, you know, a, a lot of people have been kind of after him for his play calling so far this year, and, and sometimes rightly so. But I think today he was pretty good, and, and I think he deserves props for that. I'll do Trent Taylor because I buried him the other week. I said he wouldn't play, but I think it was the over-under five and a half snaps. He only played seven. And okay. so I was almost pretty pretty spot on about that. Yeah, I think my but today was 10 and a half. Today, uh, it seemed like he was getting more run than uh, Mike Thomas and um, took advantage of it. Uh, had a bunch of uh, what, uh, three carries for 18 yards, caught a pass, a uh, couple key runs early uh, to get them moving, caught two passes. Um, so, I mean, you know, five touches plus his uh, special teams had a nice return uh, on a punt return. Um, and he's given them consistency and stability stability there. But, um, you know, in terms of finding a third receiver, he looks like he's kind of uh, stepping up in that, that way. And, and they were trying to use him in different ways, not just um, throwing the ball. So I, I did bury him last week, so I want to come back to that and say he did have a nice game for them. But, I mean, obviously, you know, if you, if you were giving game balls or, or one game ball, it would be to, to Joe Mixon. Well... I think those are both good. Uh, I think hopefully you don't get on me for this, Mike. Hopefully this is not as lame as you think Andrews was. But I'm going to give mine to Brian Callahan. I think he had a really good game plan coming into this because Joe Mixon said on Saturday they had a meeting. It was just an offensive meeting before the game, and this is in Joe Mixon's words. You can watch it. He said himself there was just something in his eyes. There was an edge that he just had that you could see that he just brought to the table on Sunday. And we already went through all the stats. We went through everything. You know, obviously Zach Taylor calls the plays, but a lot of that really, I think, comes down to Brian Callahan just drawing up those plays that allowed Mixon to be the Joe Mixon we saw at this time last year when he was a Pro Bowl running back, you know, that allowed Joe Burrow to be, you know, like the sign next to us says in the stadium, stay calm and let Joe cook. Like Brian Callahan knew that and he allowed that to happen. So I give him a game ball for facilitating one of the best, if not the best, offensive performance we've seen this season. Do I pick another one? I think we're good on that, unless you guys have other ones you want to throw. just staring into your eyes. Yeah, I was confused. Um, Do you have another game ball? Uh, no, he doesn't. No. Um, I'm trying to think of one off the spot, but not really. Um, yeah, I, I mean... Good, good podcasting. Yeah, like, I don't know. There we go. Anyone who doesn't root for the Panthers, you get a game ball today. There you go. See, you get a game ball. You get a game ball. Everyone gets a game ball. Shouldn't anybody that roots for a Panthers get a game ball because they? Well, they are. Yeah, they're suffering through a dismal season. You gotta, you gotta, yeah, you gotta do that. And then, like, I, like, I genuinely hope too many to give out. I genuinely hope for their, for their sake, that they get a quarterback in there because my God, today was bad. Yeah, that, I mean, I would have said that to Bengals fans three years ago when this is before Joe Burrow, before yeah, Jamar Chase. Yeah, Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton, they were fine. 
Andy Dalton went two and fourteen his last year here, so it wasn't fine every What's year. What's interesting, but I mean, it does put a nail in the coffin into their strategy of like, well, we don't need a quarterback. We could just go forward with the, you know try to rebuild without the quarterback, which was a bad strategy. Yeah, what do they, they? So they. But they, I still think there's some merit, and this is a conversation for another day. That there's something to be said to trying to get a rookie con- quarterback that's good. Yep. And playing that rookie contract out, but then not resigning them and going to a different rookie. Because I think it's skewed. Because what happened to the Seahawks? They yeah. chose Russell Wilson, and it failed spectacularly. Well, they're, I mean, the defensive no, but the players point is, hated Russell Wilson. No, no, no but the point is, is but the, but they couldn't sign any resigning right. those. So it's like the, the the Panthers did an insane strategy. But I think there is something to be said. This is not relevant right. to this game at all. Well, and but that you if you give all the money to a quarterback. You cannot. Well, and it's not even all the money; it's the resources because you trade for Sam Darnold, you trade for Baker Mayfield. What did they sign PJ Walker? Yeah, they did a horrible. And then you draft Matt Corral; like that's a disaster. And then you have the Bengals drafting Joe Burrow number one, fell right into his lap, right into their laps, and boom. You got a a conversation for another day. And I'm going to quote Joe Mixon because if I had a dollar for every time he said at the end of the day. Getting back you his rookie like year enough to buy a Chipotle burrito. No, if you go back to his rookie year, I probably have enough to buy a house. Months, so oh, I'm going to get a Chipotle we burrito after this. The, uh, no, if I had, an, if you had to go back to his rookie year, or maybe when he was at Oklahoma, every time you said that, I could buy a house right now. Do we now. take sponsorships? Because if Chipotle will sponsor this podcast, I'm in. I don't know if that's a thing, but. That's a question for for uh, someone above us. That's a us. question for people who make more money than we do. But at the end of the day, that is that, folks, and the bye week is here. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislik, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a great coming week. Take care.